It's tournament in a tea break with Britwatch Sports. I'm Roz Satar and I'm joined as always by Anna Smith, Fed Cup doubles player and prediction picker extraordinaire, I do believe. I mean, I think this is the first prediction I've actually got right. I think I did like three out of three last time. I don't know. Yeah, did you notice that I didn't write them down? But we have them on the podcast, so technically everyone is going to heard it. And I'm hoping they'll <laughs> recognise I actually got prediction right for once. It's a miracle. Okay, so tell people who you got right. I, <laughs> I said the Conte would still be in by the quarters. I said Evo wouldn't make it. You said who would come? Who would be? Who would still be in out of the Brits by the time we got back? I said Evo wouldn't. I said Halep was going to go out. And that's as far as I've predicted, I think. But so far, they all they all came true. I mean, unfortunately for Joe, I wanted I wanted her to get through, and I thought I thought she had a chance, but Svitolina was playing well. Mm, we'll come to the Brits in a minute. There there is the small matter of last night's tennis to to chat over, and of course, um, the big the biggest news, probably the biggest uh, faller. Not, uh, this wasn't a shock at all, was it? <laughs> <laughs> well, Dimitrov oh, actually winning the match. Yeah. Making semi-finals of a, a Grand Slam. Federer losing. I don't think that's uh, a shock. I did, well, do you know what the funny thing was? I woke up, um, probably it just gone midnight, so watched a little bit of Serena, and after she was like steamrolling in the first set, I thought, I can probably go for a bit of a nap. And then the next time I woke up, um, Federer and, and Dimitrov had split sets. And I was like weighing up, shall I stay up and watch a little bit of this, or shall I just go to sleep? And I thought, there's no way that Federer's going to lose this. He's just let Grigor, you know get a set his levels just dipped <clears throat> they'll be fine and then I woke up at about six and thought oh, I'll just have a look at my phone and I've never sat, sat up bolt up right in shock I mean you know let, let's look at this Dimitrov has I think lost uh seven out of his last eight games I think his last win <laughs> before he came here was was Roland Garros I think I mean if you're ever going to have a resurgence a slam is the time to do it but against Federer is is stunning. The thing is, can he back it up? Well, I mean, I, I guess that's kind of been the whole thing, this whole tournament. You think, oh, maybe he's going to win a match and, and then he's not going to play well again. And then all of a sudden he's in the semis. And, you know, obviously he's playing well and he's got that confidence back a little bit. But, I mean, I was exactly the same as you. Like this morning I, I woke up and I was just scrolling through Twitter and all of a sudden I was just like, saw pictures of Griggle like with his arms in the air and I was just like... I was like, what is going on? Like, I was so confused. And then all of a sudden, like, he, like, takes him out of five. And I was just like, I did not see that coming at all. Um, I think Federer had a niggle, a back problem. So I think that maybe played quite a big part in in the loss. But still, even so, you would have thought that, that Roger maybe could have found a way, especially with Novak going out. This was a one that I feel like was really gotten away from him. Yeah, I think, well, I think that's, like, twice in a row now I mean I, you know it's rare for Federer to have to go off court to you know to have someone probably crack his back into place and I think from from what I've read in the in the later stages he really did start to look quite hampered and, and Grigor if he's playing well has got the kind of game that will make you very uncomfortable it will move you around the court all over the place and it's probably the last thing that he wanted if you can't dictate from if you can't dictate the play then you know, then you're then you're you're going to struggle against a player like Dimitrov. So, um, there's a couple of questions that come to mind. Number one, let's let's look in the immediate sort of um, future. Dimitrov now has to back that up against the man who is arguably in form coming in to the U.S. Open, Daniel Medvedev, who was sporting more tape than 
Christiane was, and she actually walked onto court for I think the last match, looking like she was auditioning for the Mummy. <laughs> I know. I watched her, her doubles match. I think she played with Christina McHale, and and she was actually had another medical timeout in the match, and was getting even more tape applied to her leg. I think she obviously had it for her knee, and then she had it for like maybe a thigh strain or a hamstring thing, and it literally just was like her whole left leg. I think it was was just sort of mummified, and you're just like. <laughs> How are you even still standing? <laughs> but um, but yeah, Medvedev, at times, I did think he looked like he was going to struggle against um, Stan. And I think Vavrenki just ran out of steam a little bit um, yesterday. It, it was a weird one, because I, I actually watched it. <gasps> you will be shocked. I actually watched some tennis, yes. Shock horror. Um, and it just looked like Stan, I think he had a... A set point in the first set six five, hit a massive serve out wide. Medvedev somehow got it scraped back onto the baseline, and you know you're just thinking like he's had his opportunities, and then I think he had another, he missed like another easy forehand. He just it just looked like he was trying too hard, and it just there was just something missing, and it, I think he could sense that it was a big opportunity for him. You know now he's taken out Novak, it the draw had kind of opened up mm. for him a little bit, and. And Medvedev was just so chilled. You know, I really was worried for him that at 4-3 in that first set, when even when he was a break-up and he took that medical time out, you're thinking, do you really want to ruin that momentum? But he just sort of, I don't know, he just had that wry grin after he won that first set, and I just felt like there was just no way he was going to lose. And he was just he was just playing incredible tennis. He just doesn't seem to be missing. And he's just hitting the ball so hard and so flat that it's so hard for anything to anyone to do anything against him i think um i think what interests i mean the, i love the fact that he uses the negative energy of the crowd to his advantage um i i i, found, I mean okay i'm not going to condone any of the other naughty antics that he got up to yeah but um i just loved his whole kind of no the more that you do this the better i become so keep it going i thought you know it's, it's the right way to to play the crowd um but now i'm i'm actually thinking i mean it's just two two more wins Two more wins, and and Dimitrov is beatable. We on his, you know, at the moment his confidence is high, but is his confidence as high as Medvedev, who his, you know, is Mister Finals at the moment? But is Medvedev in good enough shape? Like yeah. you said, he's got tape everywhere, and he potentially has a thigh strain. He was saying in the encore interview after. So you know, I think that's going to play a major factor, and I think. Dimitrov, he, he is going to be tired, but at the same time, he's going to know that this is a massive opportunity. I think I think the guys in the top half get two days rest now, which was another thing that Federer was saying why he was so frustrated that yeah. he couldn't get through because he knew that he would have two days off and would be able to be in good shape for the yeah. final if he were to make it, or for the semi-final, rather. Um, so I think, you know, Medvedev's going to have to really just do whatever he can, but if he's got a thigh strain, it's not going to heal in two days, and if you want to play anyone, it's not going to be Dimitrov because he's going to run all day long yeah. and just make balls and put the ball in difficult places. It's just... I mean, Medvedev is favourite, hands down, if he's fit. If not, then mm-hmm. I see it as a lot more of an even 50-50 battle. No, I agree I agree with you. It's, 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 one of those op- it's one of those things that you look at the rest of the line-up and think, you would have probably bet your life that you'd have had more fun with you, you know, a better chance against someone like Monfils. Because he's so streaky, mm-hmm. um, uh, and and also would be probably more inclined to just hug the baseline and just just play from there. Um, but yeah, Dimitrov can just run around all over the place. Um, so who? So you think fifty fifty if he's if he's fit, or if if Medvedev is oh, sorry yeah if Medvedev is fit, 
definitely Medvedev. But if, you know, he's struggling and you see him again with all of that tape on him, I think it's going to be a slightly closer, a closer one. It's just, I think it basically is all on Medvedev and how <laughs> he can handle that situation. But as he's shown all summer, you know, he's got that attitude and that resilience to to kind of come through and it wouldn't surprise me if we saw him in his first Grand Slam final are you ready to call okay <laughs> <laughs> Let's I mean off, when we were off air I did actually make a massive prediction so I'd have the guts to do it on air as well <laughs> ah. okay I let's just say it wouldn't surprise me if Medvedev won the whole thing it wouldn't surprise me there you go you heard it here first yeah um let's have a quick look at the bottom half then so we have Berrettini who is a real revelation this year um and Monfils, who, you know, how many years have people been watching Monfils and thinking, you know, you are probably the best Grand Slam player that never was. And now he's on the verge. Um, you know, is, is this, is this Vitalina's influence? I, I really don't know. I think maybe. It could be a little bit. You never know. But he's always had the potential and he's always had the talent. It's whether he sort of had the the brain power and the and the focus to be able to do it over a prolonged period of time but on his day he's shown that he can beat anyone he's probably one of the best movers in natural movers in the game and the power he has especially on that forehand and the athleticism if he can string it together he's so hard to beat but he's just never had it up here <laughs> and that's that's the hard part but maybe she has had an influence on him in in terms of his focus and things like that i don't know but you would probably have to make him favorite for that one just because he's purely got a little bit more experience on the bigger stage and, and these bigger occasions but again you don't know which Monfils is going to turn up that's that's a problem yeah yeah and uh, I mean I watched Schwartzman Zverev it was the one and only time I got to see Zverev and he went out so I'm not really sure what that says he did to be fair I, I actually watched that again I'm very proud of myself <laughs> um but I I'm genuinely stunned mate yeah I know jaws on the floor uh, no he to be fair, I wasn't impressed with Zverev at all. He just... Just, just was pushing. Over, yeah, just... just I don't know. It just seemed like a not a clear game plan. And I just think he was out of ideas by the end of it against what, what to do against Schwarzman. He couldn't hit through the court because Schwarzman was standing so far back. And even when he tried to mix up a little bit, there was just nothing that, that he could do. And, you know, even though Zverev won the first set, I was shocked that he won that first set. Yeah. It was... He sort of managed to pull the rabbit out of the hat there. And then... It was just fairly routine after that. I did. I never really felt like Schwartzman was in trouble, and he I, was super aggressive. I mean, I, you know, I guess there's an element of if you are lacking the height of your opponent, you've got no choice but to play a lot more aggressively. But I don't know that I've ever seen him play that aggressively. He was super, super aggressive, and like you say, it just flummoxed Zverev towards the end. Um, I did actually sort of tweet, you know, how, how long? How long do we think Zverev's press conference is going to be? Um, but he was actually quite articulate. I, I wonder whether there's just a sense of relief that this is over, that all the management issues are over, you know, he's just got the run-in into the rest of the season and, you know, this whole pressure about are you going to perform in a slam is over for another year. Or, well, half a year. Well, I mean, he did make fourth round, so that I feel like that's progress. You know, it's a struggle to make fourth round, but I still think... He's kind of headed in the right direction a little bit. But, yeah, I think he'll be probably quite glad that this year's over and he can maybe just have a bit of a holiday, just forget about tennis and try and regroup for the new season because he, he has so much potential. It's just getting everything around him right, getting his team right, the management and things like that. And 
And as long as everything is sorted, he can really focus on tennis because, as you've seen, what he can produce when he is focused on tennis yeah. is is amazing. And, you know, I think all of us tennis fans want to see him just, just focus on that and, and get back to what he can do. Um, <laughs> do we think that Nadal is going to just come through? I was just chatting with on Twitter with a friend of mine. She goes, well, he's not into the final yet. And I'm thinking, right, okay... <laughs> I mean, unless Schwartzman has a wrecking ball that he sends down the court, I can't see any... You know, he might, I, actually, to be fair, I think I can see Schwartzman getting a set off in. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he went to five, but I just think Nadal, especially the way the draw's opened up, he's going to see this as such a big opportunity to to get that 19th Grand Slam. I just He's just relentless. I can't see him letting up. Yeah. But Schwartzman is going to be tough. I think he's one of the guys who can just run for days and it's just whether Nadal is aggressive enough because I think if he gets into sort of like a slugfest from the back of the court that's when he's going to maybe be slightly vulnerable to to Schwarzman because that's how he's going to want to play but if Nadal can step up and really use that forehand and really be aggressive I I do think Rafa's going to win but yeah it wouldn't surprise me if Schwarzman did get a set off him okay um so uh so basically we're saying is it Nadal's to lose at this point (laughs) Um, yes, I think obviously in terms of, of seeding and just him being the only Grand Slam champion left in the draw, then you have to say yes. But at the same time, you've got Medvedev, who is just on such a hot streak and just doesn't seem to care about anything, does he no. really? Like, when he when he beat Vavrinka with that casual lob, he just looked around at his box and just... Gave him a little smile. <laughs> so I kind of... like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was literally just like, yeah, whatever. First Grand Slam semi-final, it's like, it's all good. So you're kind of a bit like, you know, is the situation going to phase him? And, and at the moment, nothing seems to phase him. So I would love to see a Nadal-Medvedev final. I think the, mm. the crowd would be electric because everyone is going to be for Nadal. And it would just be interesting to see how Medvedev handles the the partisan crowd and, and if it did affect him or if he could you know just keep the same mentality it hasn't, he's got it hasn't affected him at the moment no he seems and, to be and thriving Ash as well yeah. I, mean, that, I think earlier ones he was not on Ash. he was on Louis Armstrong on the other ones yeah but he was on Ash yesterday and it didn't yeah he, no. they, he walked out and was just like right smile at some yeah. of the booze and was like yeah come on then suckers I know he was thriving on it it was um, it was really interesting to see but you know it's what it's whether deep down it actually does affect him or not you know sometimes people can bluff it for the cameras and be like oh do you know what it's great and all of that but at some point maybe it does affect them but it's whether it actually genuinely doesn't affect him at all and he does thrive off it and if he does then what better sort of motivator Mm -hmm. have you got against potentially Nadal in New York in a Grand Slam final and to get 19 as well I mean I I didn't actually realize you know it didn't really register until he won Roland Garros, how close he was to Federer, because it just still felt like, oh, well, he's, he's only going to get, away. yeah, and he's only going to get a Roland Garros anyway, so he's going to have to get three Roland Garroses, so he's going to have to play for three more years, and now all of a sudden we are within one of catching Federer, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I think all three of, or, you know, the, of the big three, I think all three of them are going to end up twenty, twenty plus, but I have to say now I really do fear. I don't think I think Federer will carry on playing, but I really do fear that that's his best chance of a slam gone. Especially, I think the last two, obviously, with you know those match points that he failed to take against Novak at Wimbledon, I think that was a big thing. And I think I, I know the injury, obviously, last uh, last night would have played a big part. But I, I do wonder how much of that 
sort of thought the fact that Novak was out really did play on his mind and he knows that he can beat Nadal but with Novak he's got that little little seed of doubt and mm. and whether that played on his mind a little bit and made him tense up a little bit more I don't know but you know he seemed a bit disconsolate in the in the interview and normally he's quite good with with defeats he can kind of take them on the chin but this one he did look pretty disappointed and he said he was very disappointed because he knew that it was a shot yeah yeah on to the women um like i said i woke up and saw a little bit of serena battering um wang shang and i thought very quick wasn't it (laughs) it was um ever since that first round and even even in the three setter that she had somewhere along the line she's just looked imperious to me uh i i and with with Osaka gone and out of her range, and Barty as well going, I think twenty four might be on. <laughs> might be on. It'd be uh, interesting to see if it's Andrescu in the final. That's the... that could be. She could be the one. I think if if anyone left in the draw was going to take her out, I think it could be her. Just purely because of that attitude that. I just don't care attitude and, and she would she'll beat Serena and she just doesn't care. Whereas I think the other ones might not freeze under in the spotlight, yeah. but um I just she just is so fearless and if it was a Serena Andrescu final, I think that'd be really interesting. But again it you know, Serena has looked imperious, even on the that three set victory she had, you know, she still was fighting so hard and, you know, you always have one match in a slam where you're just not at your best and it's all about how you come through those and she did. And ever since then she's just looked imperious and like the back to the old Serena. She just has that focus and she's just not happy until she gets that twenty four. And it's just it just feels a little bit different here compared to what it has at the other slams. It's just that she's got that tunnel vision back, I think. And the way she looks at her box as well, it's just like She's got that mean stare. Yeah, there's none of that kind of look of desperation. It's like kind of, I told you. Um, and I've noticed that as well. Um, and also, I think she's ready. I, I don't, I've not had the feeling in any of the slams that she's made since she came back after the birth of Olympia that, that she really was ready. I think she had, she came through draws uh, because she wasn't really challenged um, or because she is the champion that she is and then fell apart each and every time when it came to the final. So when she played um, Kerber, Kerber just undid her, knew exactly what she had to do, undid her. But we were all just like, kind of, yay, she made a final, how wonderful. Then Osaka, even if she'd taken that second set, Osaka would have beaten her in the th- in, if they'd gone to a third. I have no shadow of a doubt that that was what would have happened. Halep is the only one I was surprised about because I, you know, she, was, she was struggling with injury at the French. But she came to Wimbledon a lot more ready. And Patrick, we had, like, um, the WTA do these wonderful things where we can talk to the coaches. And he was like, this is the first time that she's been able to train properly. The kind of load I put on her before a slam. And she's ready. Um, and so I, I was agog when she was dismantled by Halep. We'll come on to Halep in just a moment in terms of dismantlage. Um but yeah, I mean, the, this quarterfinal lineup. I mean, Bencic Vekic, I think is a is a great is a great lineup because it's about time Vekic came good. Bencic, we've already always known she has that capability, um, and it's good that she's actually injury free and able to play to that potential. So I, I th- that's my pick because I think Andreescu is going to have far too much for Mertens today. Yeah, I don't, I don't see, I don't see anything but an Andreescu win. I'm not. 
I wouldn't like to pick it between Benchic and Vekic. I think it really could go either mm. way. I think it's just whoever executes their game plan best on the day. But I think that's a, a flip of a coin. That one. It should mm. be. It should be a great match. They're both aggressive. I think. I guess maybe you'd say Benchic is maybe slight favourite with the way she's playing, but. I really I, no. I wouldn't I, like to pick it. I, I really wouldn't. Wanna, no, I I think that's probably the most competitive of the two. And of the semi final lineup, I mean, Svitolina was imperious. Let's use that word again against Conte. And I don't think Joe played badly by any stretch of the imagination. But she threw everything at her: kitchen sink, bathroom sink, shower fittings, mm-hmm. sliding doors, the the works. And Svitolina just sent everything back. Shots that would have been winners against any other player were coming, stinging back. The, I mean, I've never seen Joe animated towards a box, ever. Especially since Dimitri Zavirov came on board, because he's such a calming influence. And she was Andy monologuing like a gooden. I've never seen anything like it. That's how frustrating I think it was for her. Yeah, I. you can understand why, though. It's, you know, she... I think she's going to obviously be disappointed that, you know, she, she wasn't able to take that next step and make the semi-finals. But I don't think she really could have done that much more. It wasn't like she was passive. She she did throw everything at her. And I think that's kind of been what she's been accused of the last kind of couple of times that she's lost in those semi-finals and quarter-finals. And kind of just holding back a little bit and not being as aggressive. But I don't think she can have any regrets in this match mm. at all. You know, sometimes you just have to hold your hands up and say, you know, well played. And I think that's what Svitolina did. But I just think that Serena is just so, so focused on reaching that 24. And she's just got a little bit more firepower than Joe has with a serve and just a little bit more aggressive on those returns. And And she loved the crowd as well. Um, yeah. Which I think will be a factor against against Svitolina. Um, Massively so. The night, I'm assuming it would probably be a night I can't match. imagine that it wouldn't be. No. So I think the night crowd in New York is, is going to be a huge thing for Serena. And I just... Well, the way she is, unless she gets nervous or, you know, flustered mm. or emotional, I just can't see anything but a Serena victory. No, me neither. Uh, let's just pause and talk about your moment of glory, which, of course, we've had going out. <laughs> 105, 106 times rushing the net. It wasn't just coming to the net. Taylor Townsend's finishing at the net was brutal. Like knifing volleys left and right. Her her um her reflexes are to die for. Um her choice of angle. I mean it was it was it was easily for me one of the best matches of this tournament. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with that. I think if anyone's gonna trouble um, Halep is going to be someone like her who doesn't give her rhythm and is you know changing the pace and looping balls and slicing and drop shot and coming forward. I think that's going to be someone who she is going to struggle against. And I think Taylor Townsend was just on form and and she said in the interview, you know, she she obviously had a tough loss against Burton's at the French Open where she had match point or no Wimbledon, sorry. And she just said to herself like I'm not going to let it happen again. And this time she was really brave and went for it and. I was really happy for her. As much as I do like Halep, I, you know, I was really happy that, that Taylor could get through that one and backed herself and was brave enough. I think that's that's the thing that she has. She, You know, she's got the talent and the game, but it's just backing yourself in those big moments. I mean, I mean, the USTA rarely covers itself in glory, and it certainly hasn't covered itself in glory with, with where Taylor's concerned. Um, so I did think there was also an element of 
see? I don't need you, and I don't need your wild card. Look what I've done on my own. What I, what I do worry about, and I'm interested to see that she's in qualities in Hiroshima, but what I do worry about is her scheduling, because she's very much in the sort of uh, camp of uh, Donald Young Sr. And the Youngs also seem to have this kind of strange view of scheduling and where to play Donald and... You know, he was touted to be one of the biggest, you know, the best, the next best thing for the States. You don't see him that much in Europe. You don't, you know, it's not like Isner where he didn't fly because he would end up like folded up in a cargo hold. Um, you know, uh, and that's why he didn't like to fly to, to Europe. You know, you can never accuse Donald Young of having to be folded up in, a, in an airplane seat. But um, that's the only thing that worries me, you know, because the, the tour is crying out for that. And I think Halep would have been able to figure it out. I just think it just threw us for such a loop that by the time she did actually kind of get a brain into gear, because she was scrambled for a lot of that match, by the time she did actually kind of figure out I can actually run through all this stuff and I can actually do this stuff. It was far too late for her to do anything. I, I really hope that Taylor Townsend could, yeah, but I mean, there was, I don't know whether you saw, there was an interesting thing she actually explained. She was like, I've got to look at the finances and do what makes sense. You know, does it honestly make sense to spend $3,000 flying to Europe where I could only make maybe 900 if I get through qualities in, in a few tournaments here and there? I mean, obviously, the argument is if you start playing more and you're putting yourself in the position more, then you're going to be playing uh, in the main tour and all the rest of it. But it's a big if. Um, I really hope that she lands herself a sponsor and that, that she has somebody else behind her because I think the prospect of Taylor Townsend on the tour with all these youngsters coming in as well that are fearless and really don't care who they're up against. Serena, Shmina, I don't care. I think it would make exciting times. I agree. I just think... It's going to be interesting how, obviously, having made, was it fourth round she made, I think, you know, she's going to have won quite a bit of prize money. So it'll be interesting to see how she uses that and, and if she uses it well and and can be smart with it. But, again, it's just picking the right schedule for her. I don't know what her favourite surfaces are. You know, I don't know if clay is something she enjoys playing on or, you know, if it's better served, you know, using it for other things. I'm not sure, but it it's hard, I think the hardest job of a, a tennis player is trying to find the right schedule. It's having the balance between enough training, you know, playing enough tournaments, you know, it's all right if you're a sort of a Rafa Novak or a Serena where you know you can play sort of 10 to 15 tournaments, but you know you're going to win a few of those. It, that makes it easier, whereas for the mere mortals, it, it's tougher. And I think for her, it's just going to be important scheduling-wise. And, and if she can pick a right schedule, then I, I see her, you know, taking that next step up because she has got the game for it mm, for sure let's touch on our plucky Brits <laughs> um, I don't think it came as any surprise really that um, Evans got trounced by Federer there was a a little bit of a um, a fury over the scheduling um, Evo finished quite late and then was on first and I think he was quite surprised and quite pragmatic um, I did have to laugh at his press conference where he was like well, nobody's going to listen to somebody like me, are they? Whereas Federer was quite snarky. It's like I'm getting fed up of being asked about this. But there, there is an element of sway. I'm pretty sure I remember being around in one Wimbledon once where, um, where, where Nadal had asked for an early match so they could watch the football. And because fans were like, kind of, why are they put in one first? What the hell? Um, and it, you know, what, what is it like? Can, can yeah, do the big players have, have that clout? Is it a mixture of schedules and television what what is it that that determines who goes where 
you'd have to say they probably do have a little bit of sway you know if, if Roger does say oh I want to play this time that you know or in the day yeah it's it's Hint. <laughs> yeah exactly it's a it's a big referee to say no to him isn't it when when he is Mr Tennis so it it is hard I think you do kind of have to pander a little bit to the big guys and try and keep them happy but it also needs to be fair and and I do see Dan's point about playing late and then obviously with the rain and everything they got delayed and, and then having to come out first but did it really have that much of an effect on on what would have happened you know probably not um so I think you know he's he's not making a mountain out of a molehill but it you know it it wouldn't have affected anything mm. but I, I do think that probably the bigger players get a little bit of help of a helping hand but you know, I, ultimately you'd have to probably ask some of the referees, and I don't think they'd ever admit to it. <laughs> um, and I mean, we touched we touched on Joe. I, you know, as I said, her press conference was was pretty pragmatic, and it's and 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 also it's a very different situation. I was saying on Love Sport this morning. You know, it it isn't a teenager that's found herself in the quarterfinal semi-finals, and it isn't someone like Stritzova who has you know been around on the tour, is a veteran, was contemplating quitting. Um, you know, and and then suddenly finds herself in this in this um example, and you know, Stritzova we know has played that well at Wimbledon before. Um, and I I think the press was slightly better, and also the questions were better phrased. I mean, the the, the way I would have asked that question at, at uh, Wimbledon was actually asked here of you know, is it a question of putting yourself in these positions more and more? And I think that's what we're going to see is that she is going to get to quarterfinals and semifinals as Andy did at one stage, and then she is going to take the next step as Murray did. You know, it's just you know, it's time on her side, and also you know, just just get getting yourself in those positions. Well, I think she has to look at this year and realise it's been it's been a really good year for her. I think she's up to eleven in the mm. race to Singapore or Shenzhen or I can't, I can't even remember where it is. Somewhere in there. Somewhere. Somewhere in Asia. Um but I think once she sits back and reflects on on her year and how she's done at the slams, I think she's gonna be pretty happy. Compared to what happened last year, I think yeah. she's really got to look at this year as a really good stepping stone into next year and and take a lot of positives. Yeah, she's probably going to have a couple of regrets here and there. But for the whole, I think she's got to be pleased with what she's doing. She's been so consistent at the slams, you know, fourth round, quarter, semis. I think she's got to be so happy with that. So I think, you know, once the disappointment's worn off, I think she's got to really put it into perspective and be pleased with what she's done. Oh, definitely. I mean, if I had the choice of taking Continental with, what was it, semi-final, quarter-final, quarter-final versus Conta 2017-18 edition, I take this this version of Conta every day of the week and twice a week on Sundays. I mean, this is a different player. You know, it's an improvement on the 2016 version, for sure, uh, with more experience. And I, I think she is going to keep putting herself in those in those things. I, I don't think there is a problem with the way that she frames her thoughts. So. Um, so, yes, well done, we say. And, of course, that's the singles, but we have doubles action. We still have guys left in the doubles. We do. Nice. We do. Um, you know, I'm actually really pleased for Jamie Murray and Neil Skupski because they didn't get off to the best of starts. And I remember being at the interview where I was just awkward. It was like, I'm, I'm sure this is what a counselling session must be for a married couple splitting up, except it was all the members of the British press with dictaphones in their faces. And Bruno was there. And Bruno's a lovely guy. And it was just such, it was the most awkward press conference I've ever been in. Um, you know, 
And they didn't get off to the best start, did Murray and Skupski, but they're now in a slam quarterfinal. That's got to be good for them. Yeah, I think it. I think today will be a big match, but it's nice to see they're making progress. I think they've had a better couple of weeks leading up to it as well. And obviously, Jamie has won slams before, but for Neil, it, it's a massive step up playing with Jamie. And I think it's maybe something he just had to get his head around a little bit, just different expectations now. Because obviously when he was playing with Ken, it was a little bit like they were underdogs and they didn't really have that much expectation. But now he's playing with a former world number one Grand Slam champion. It's it's massively different. And I think he maybe just needed a little bit of time to, to get his head around it. And it, it's hard in doubles. You think just because you think a pair is going to work well together, it doesn't necessarily mean they will. It's, you could have on paper the best match but there's just something that doesn't click I don't know maybe the chemistry or personalities or something so you know it does take time to develop that understanding that the bond you have and I think you know it it has taken a little bit of time but hopefully they're going to come good and just the more they play together and the more big matches they play I think I you know I can see it developing well. Mm, I hope so. I hope so because I quite I quite like Jamie in this in this role of like the elder statesman because he's had some ups and downs in his career, um, and it was kind of heartbreaking actually watching the Skupski brothers come in to talk to us because there was a bit where of yeah because Ken's quite a, a raconteur, um, <laughs> and he you know was spinning all these like stories but then obviously the conversation went to more towards Neil and I just caught me and, me and um, Eleanor uh, Crooks and. Yeah, just both called um, Ken just looking away just so downcast and we were just like oh my god we're filling up because you know, I think he realised that you know it was it was he couldn't hold Neil back um, and then I'll let you tell me about um, Banbridge and McLachlan because <laughs> I mean I don't I don't I don't know that much I've just seen I think I just watched one of their one of their previous matches but it it's nice to see someone else coming through I think we had Johnny Amara was in the third round as well, which is nice to see. And, and obviously Joe Salisbury's been doing really well this mm. year. So it's nice to see the the British doubles guys, you know, doing well. And, you know, they are good guys. And obviously they have help from Louis, who is, in my opinion, the best doubles coach in the world. So, you know, it's really nice to see. And, and hopefully they keep getting a little bit more attention. Yeah, I mean, I love Louis. I, I think it was one of my first ever interviews I ever did. Um and John Dolan had to come and rescue me after about an hour and a half because he it was just full on I mean, it took me days to transcribe it but he's an amazing amazing man um, a real find for the LTA yeah I think he he's it's one probably, of the few things I think they've done very well yeah I think he's probably one of the, the coaches who's had the most success in terms of titles grand slams you, you look at what he's done for Jamie I think it's phenomenal and also for the a lot of with the Davis Cup as well. And I think some people forget that he's worked with singles players. He worked with Joe for a period of time as well. And, and Elena Peldahashen. Yeah, exactly. So I think he's he's not just, I suppose he's pigeonholed as a doubles coach, but I think he's generally just an all-round fantastic coach and he has just such an understanding of the game. Yeah, maybe he hasn't played, but he just seems to have that knack of, of knowing what, what is needed. And if you do what he says, you, you can't not improve. Yeah, no, I watched uh, I watched him doing a session with uh, Ram and Salisbury out in Indian Wells, um, and I was just transfixed because it's it's just like watching a genius at work, um, just like composing and just moving all the all the moving parts around. It's 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 great to watch. It's not even yeah, it's not even kind of what I don't know how to say it, but it's not 
He's almost like mathematics. He yes. says, if you stand in this position, it is physically impossible for them to get the ball past you without having to hit some incredible shot. So it's everything with him is about percentages. It's always yes. don't, you know, when when you talk to him, it's like you don't ever aim to hit winners and things. Just There's just like little details like that that you don't really think about and maybe other coaches don't quite word it as he does mm. but it is it is almost like a mathematical formula the way he coaches and you know he's it proven works. it it works um so dare we go for our final well we, we we know what our final one is so you think that it could be medvedev to take the whole thing well i don't i don't know <laughs> i think it's going to be in a dull <laughs> medvedev final okay and i'm saying i wouldn't be surprised if medvedev okay. won but we'll i think it could be in a dull medvedev final right, we'll stick with the final because we will have a we'll have, we'll have a wrap afterwards yeah um okay so rosington what do i say i i'm inclined to agree actually i think it will be i think it will be medvedev uh nadal i'm gonna go out there and say that medvedev is gonna win it the really? whole thing yep uh, just yeah, like I said, it wouldn't surprise me if he did. If he can stay fit, yeah, then I think he could. You know, he's just got t- it's just two wins. I know. Two it's sleeps. just whether he's got that thigh strain. Those thigh strains just don't disappear <laughs> overnight. Okay, I, I, God, this one's this one's tough. I, I do think it'll be a Serena Andreescu final. I think if it is a Serena Andreescu final, I would not be surprised if Andreescu did it. No, again, I'm the same. I think. I think exactly the same, but I just think there's something a little bit different about Serena this time around. I just think she's got she's got her mojo back and she's got that that look in her eye. And I would I, love her to get twenty four here. And then you want her to get twenty five in Australia. I, th- I, I defy you to find anybody that even if you don't like Serena that doesn't want that record broken in Australia. And then after that, please can they rename that 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 particular stadium to the Yvonne stadium. <laughs> I mean, I don't think we're asking for much, are we? Really? Just to rename a stadium, but no, I, I, I don't know. It would. I think Serena deserves to win, or to have the most Grand Slams, and I think to be fair, if you, yeah, I think she should. But I don't know. It it would be nice. It would be nice her to win it in Australia, but I think the most important one is she can just get this one. I think she'll relax a lot because I think this is a big one for her, and she's had a few chances. And, yeah. It's just that pressure. And, and, and we know what she's like getting over the hump of... She's been with, for each and every one of them, equaling Chrissy and Martina, Steffi. Every time she's come to a major milestone, it's been a struggle, a real struggle. But, okay, I... Heart, says Serena. Your head? Head says if it... Well, if it's, if it's anybody other than Andreescu, I think it's Serena. I, I Even agree. Belinda, I know Belinda beat her when she was like a fifteen-year-old. When Belinda was a fifteen-year-old, obviously, <laughs> um, uh, you know, um, in Toronto or somewhere in Canada. Um, but I, I, I think if it's anybody other than Andreescu, it's Serena's. I would have to agree with that. I think <laughs> I'm just going to sit on the fence and agree. Fantastic. <laughs> okay. Well, all that remains is for us to um, put our tennis nouse on the line. Uh, and we'll be back to survey the, the damage um, next week. Thank you again, Anna, for joining me. I really, I'm very grateful. An absolute pleasure as always. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>